Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I just feel like during the middle of the year, the only guy that could beat me was myself. And I feel like I haven't reached my uh, potential or even close yet. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Title 24 presented by NBC Sports. I'm Ricky Carmichael alongside my man, Ryan Villapodo. I uh, got to thank our sponsors, of course, United Motorsports, Quad Lock Case, and Boxo USA. Thank you guys uh, very much for all your support. Uh, we got a great, uh, really good show, a great guest coming on today. And you know what? Let's just get right into it. Chase Sexton, he has bounced back. He has answered all the critics and all the questions. And here he is. He deserves it. He's the man of the hour here. Chase Sexton taking the 450 title. I worked my whole life for this exact moment since I was four years old. Well, everyone, welcome the 2023 450 Monster Energy AMA Supercross Champion, the newly crowned, that is, and it's Chase Sexton. Chase, thank you uh, for joining us here today at Title 24, Ryan Villapoto and I, and dude, um, first of all, again, congratulations, and I just go back to these last three or four weeks, and from the booth, I think, even if, even if you're a fan, it's been a whirlwind. What's it, uh, what's it been like on your side? It's, uh, it's definitely been a little bit crazy with Cooper going out at Nashville. I didn't even see what happened. I was in this tunnel and heard the crowd kind of go crazy and then ended up seeing him on the ground and getting carved off. And then following that with Eli going out at Denver, it's just it's crazy. And it kind of just goes to show anything can happen. And it is a long series. And, man, it's it was just hard to process all of it, honestly, especially after Denver. I was kind of in shock for a while. Yeah, I bet. It's uh once again, congratulations, Chase. Um, awesome to see. You know, it's a huge, huge feat, probably big, big weight off your your shoulders. And uh, you know, I'm I'm stoked to see it, man. I just see up up there on the podium. Um, you know, it uh it's great to see the celebration and and how much emotion has gone into and and into this series, you know, and into these wins that you were able to lock it down, man. It's awesome to see. Yeah, it's uh, watching those uh playbacks over it's honestly in that main event it was it all kind of came to me last lap um it was I was kind of out by myself the whole race and I was really just locked in and focused on winning the race and then last lap it it all kind of uh kind of hit me and crossing the finish line and it was just such a good atmosphere I saw like I feel like the fans there really react to what's going on and 
it was uh it was it was just cool overall and obviously that's what i've worked for since i was uh <laughs> i can't even remember how long so it's it's awesome and then having my family and friends and all them there was it was super special you know we talked about on the broadcast a lot is how you put yourself in this position and you earned it earned this right to to, to win this championship you were in it you're, i think you're like one of the only guys that made every single race yeah, um, so that, that's, that just shows you how gnarly the championship is, but I go back to listen on the broadcast, we, we got on you pretty hard, you know, but I, I, that's kind of our job. We got to do what, what, what we see and you were hard on yourself as well. You could tell that you were frustrated, but I go back to Atlanta and you said something really, really important. I can't remember if it was after the race or maybe it was the post-race pe- press conference, but um, you, you, you said how you started to focus on the final 10 laps or 10 minutes, uh, of, of the race when you were practicing that week, you, you weren't doing sprint laps. You were just completely focused on the last 10 minutes. And is, do you feel like once was that the case right around that time? And do you feel like that was really what made you be so dominant the last five rounds of the, uh, of the series, because you were spot on basically from, from Atlanta. What, what was that, what was that change? Like, how did you go from this to just absolutely crushing it? I don't, to be honest, I didn't do any sprint laps this whole, this whole Supercross season, which is kind of crazy with how good my qualifying speed is. I, I didn't do any sprint laps. I focused on the main events and obviously that's where you get paid and the points are paid out, obviously. So for me, I, I just kind of split my mindset, my mindset being after Seattle it was weird. Like I didn't really have a lot of emotion after that race. After crashing while leading, I was like, almost like everything was depleted out of me. I was kind of not over it, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if I was having rely, like suspension problems, head problems. I didn't know what was happening. And so I kind of just had that week to reset. And then the week before Phoenix, I did a lot of testing try some stuff with the front end to get the bike a little bit more stable towards the later half of the race. I just didn't feel like I had much uh, room for air, especially just in the, when the track gets rougher. So after that, I, I don't know. I just, Atlanta was the biggest race for me. I think that was kind of where everything flipped. My mindset changed to like, okay, like this is, it's not impossible to win these races when I'm out front leading. Like, I won Detroit with Aaron going down and kind of coming through the pack. I didn't have enough time to think about winning the race, actually. So, I don't know. Atlanta, after that, it was really just, um, I don't know. I feel like way more complete. Like this weekend, even, I felt super locked in the whole time, really focused on hitting my marks. And, um, yeah, a lot more confident, obviously. And it, it has really translated into to race wins and four out of the last six wins was uh, obviously what I needed. And I just feel like even without the championship, mentally, I'm in a way different spot than I've been in in my entire career, even outdoors last year. I haven't really had that dominance uh, over the field. So I'm obviously stoked and stoked to win the championship. And it's honestly motivated me to want to win even more because I think like both of you know winning is uh, very addicting. So I'm, I'm excited for the future. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have some notes right here, man. 14 of the fastest qualifying uh, qualifiers, eight heat, heat race wins, most of, of anybody, eight fastest laps, 
um, most of anybody. Led 166 laps, 13 podiums, most of anybody. Um, six wins, second most. You know, I, watching, um, you know, we all knew you had the speed. It was these, these little mistakes would just pop up, and some of them were just so mindless. Um, well, do you think it was a case of just you had the speed and you were just trying to to you know rein that in figure out how to go that fast for 20 minutes yeah i i don't know i look at like some of my crashes and i i honestly get like it is weird like goofy mess ups and i they're so like random that it's really hard for me to process like what actually happened so i don't know i i really just feel like i needed to be more um just play the race out different. I kind of use it as like a two different races, like the beginning and the end. So I really, like I said, I focused on those last 10 minutes for the last, I don't know, six or seven weeks of uh, the season. And it really, it really paid off. I feel like I was, I've always had the fitness. I haven't been getting tired. I just have had those mistakes and it's kind of taken me out. I haven't even gotten to the end of the race to have a chance to battle. I take myself out 10 minutes in. So I don't know. I just, uh, like I said, I, after Atlanta, that was the biggest, the biggest hurdle I got over was winning that race um, with Justin and Kenny behind me the whole time. I knew that I couldn't fall off and I needed to stay consistent. And I honestly didn't let myself even think about like just the end of the race at all. And um, it paid off. So yeah, I don't know. I don't even know honestly what exact thing fixed it all. It was more just the bike myself mentally. And then once you get that one, it all just it seems a lot easier after that. Yeah. That, I mean, I, it probably is frustrating. Like, dude, it took me two years to win my first or no, I won it on the, on the third year. And it was so frustrating. I could, I could, I, I think that I was in the same boat as you were. You just like, you're doing everything at home and then you go to the race and everything's good. And then something stupid happens. And and to your point, yeah, like a lot of your crashes were so like, um, I, I was perplexed because you weren't, you weren't like overriding the bike, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's like, where, where did that come from? Even like I go back to Tampa, but nevertheless, I think you should be proud. And I want everyone to be proud of you. Uh, and, and realize those those gains that you made from Atlanta, like you said, and you you started to focus on the last ten minutes of your of the races, like during the week, and when you're doing your race simulation, because you did so well, that gave you the opportunity to be in the position you were the last two weeks. And did you ever did you ever reflect on that going into Salt Lake City this weekend? And, and, and not, you know, like pat yourself on the back and, and take a moment and be proud of what you have done these last, you know, since, since Atlanta, because dude, that's, that's what kept you in it. Had you not been able to turn it around, it would have been a different, we would have been, it'd have been a different outcome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as you guys know, it's just hard to overcome mental hurdles, especially mid season. Yeah, And it's not like the, those crashes have just come up this year. It's been kind of an ongoing thing, especially in Supercross, those dumb mistakes. And I don't know, it, like I said, I can't really put a finger on it, but I'm definitely glad I, I kind of hopefully overcome that hurdle for good. I mean, it's – like I think you said, yeah, stuff can happen. But for me, I, I am really proud of the step that I took this year. Um, 
especially in Supercross, is a lot different than outdoors. Like last year, I was obviously solid, but Supercross is, is way harder, and there's a lot more stuff that can happen, I feel like. So I needed to overcome that, and uh, I think I was just missing those those consistent laps towards the end of the main event. I knew I had the speed, and I think sometimes even mid-main event, I was so worried about making mistakes that those things just came. And trying to ride perfect laps really isn't ever going to happen, I feel like. I mean, obviously you have those few one-off races where you don't really make any mistakes, kind of like last this weekend where I was solid the whole time. But you're going to make mistakes, and you have to be able to kind of bounce back from them and not not dwell on them. I think, for me, those mistakes that I made compounded from just little errors I'd make without crashing. And then that would lead into a crash. And that's something that I had to overcome. And the whoops and everything like that, you're going to get sketchy a few times during the race. And you got to kind of kind of reel that in and uh, just kind of clear, clear the mind. I think sometimes I'd be worried about a certain obstacle on the track. And when you do that every lap for 20 laps nowadays that we race, it's, it, it takes a toll on you and then stuff can happen. So, yeah, I think uh, me actually caring less, uh, not even caring less, but not, I guess, letting the little things get to me during the week. And then on the weekends, I was able to kind of just, I don't know, get it done. And these last few races haven't felt easy, but I feel like I've come so much more natural to me now being up front later in the races. And I feel actually more comfortable later in the race, which I kind of was like that when I was an amateur. I feel like I made most of my passes later in the races. And then <laughs> this year I was like, man, I don't even know what the last 10 minutes of these veins feel like because I'm either laying on the ground or uh, coming from behind. So like I said, I'm pretty proud of the mental hurdle I came over this year. And to win, my goal was to win seven races coming into the season. I oh, only wow. got six, um, which yeah. I was a little bit not bummed on, but uh, miss that, miss that goal. So let's, uh, save that for next year. No, man, it's, uh, <clears throat> that's a huge feat. I mean, I know, um, um, you know, I've been in that position, uh, a few times and to, to finally get it over with is awesome. You know, I, I just have to say that, uh, you know, I think you're a big Jordan fan, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm on episode 10 of the last dance and, uh, watching you out there riding around with 23, um, similar replica of, you know, bull stuff. Like I have to say that, um, I'm a big fan of, of Jordan now, but also yourself. Uh, I think it's, it's really cool to see if anybody wants to see some mental struggle, go watch that. I'm sure you've watched it probably 10 times uh, over, 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 and over. <laughs> over and over and over because you know, like the, the struggles that, that Jordan went through, I think we feel uh, a lot of those, you know, like I I've watched, like watched it for the first time now and I'm like, man, that just rung a bell in my head. I felt like that. I felt like what that, what he just said there. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities to that, you know? So I think that, that I could say that I could say that that's probably helped you. I think it would have helped me if I would have, if that would have been out when I was racing and watched that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, even like you guys know, obviously that nothing worth having comes easy and you guys had to go through your hurdles, whatever they were. And I mean, for me, I, it's not, it doesn't feel as good at the end when, if you, everything was perfect. So this season, mm. like I said, I had to go through a lot and kind of not, I just feel like during the middle of the year, the only guy that could beat me was myself. And if I could get away from that and kind of focus on myself and not, not get too down and fix the problems I was having, um, 
I could be pretty uh, unstoppable. So it was it was good just to feel like in the races, I when I go to the line, like I'm, I'm confident that I can I can win, and I know no one's stronger than me at the end of the races. So yeah, it, it was cool that that Jordan series came out. I think maybe before Salt Lake 2020 when we had to stay there for like seven weeks and I watched it over and over and over. And yeah, even a guy at his caliber, he obviously, it took him a while to, to win and went through his own struggles. So it's uh yeah, like I said, super happy with what I kind of overcame even not more than the championship, but I think it's freed me up and it's going to be, a, it's going to allow me to win a lot more races and championships in the future. So. Um, yeah. Do like, you feel like, Hey, do you feel like, so in 99, uh, my rookie year in what 250 now 450 and then 2000 i mean i never even made the podium my rookie year and then 2000 i won daytona and hit a couple a uh, couple podiums i think i got fifth in the series but i feel like those problem years those troubled years chase i learned so much kind of like what you've done these last couple of years that i don't know that would you trade these last two years for going out and winning your rookie year or would you have rather take what you've learned these last two years and now pay it forward to like you just said, it'll help you win more championships. You think like it was a great lesson. Yeah, definitely. Like it's crazy the even like person, but also rider I've became become from even 2020, like ending the two BD class to go into the four BD class. People I think thought it was an early jump and it was early, but I always thought that I was a better, gonna be better on the big bike and believe in myself, but I didn't realize how hard it was gonna be going to the 450 class. It's it's been not a rude awakening, but it is it's very difficult, especially Those being there. They're gnarly. They're yeah. gnarly. Like it makes me respect Eli and all those guys, and obviously you two way more because not only is it hard to win races in that class, but be there for 17 and not have injuries, not um not have mental hiccups it's it's definitely tough so i don't know I, I definitely wouldn't trade it because i think now like you said i'm a, just a different person mentally and as a rider and i feel like i haven't really reached my uh potential or even close yet so it's uh definitely exciting and it's crazy after you even when i was in the 250 class just winning is super addicting i feel like i haven't really had that um consistency being able to win since well i mean maybe a little bit outdoors but especially in supercross since the 250 class and it kind of feels a lot more familiar now and it's uh yeah like i said all i guess say is it's addicting and i want i want to keep doing it but man those lessons i wouldn't wouldn't trade them for the world no i think it makes winning that much sweeter the struggles right the overcoming the the issues big or small um you know i can see that that you know now i think it's I know we got some stiff competition coming into outdoors and from here on out, you know, with, with jet moving up, but I think there's going to be, it's, it's a new, new, almost a new era. You could say, you know, like you said, I think there's a lot more, you have a lot more in the tank. Um, you know, just watching your riding style, the physical strength you have on the motorcycle, um, compared to other riders. Like I, I feel like you're a, a, almost a bulldog in a way, but still fl very fluid when you ride. So I think you have a ton more in the tank. So these guys pr are, are going to probably be in, in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously um, what my, my goal is. And like I said, I don't feel like I've even came close to my ceiling. And I think my riding style, but also being, like you said, stronger, kind of allows me to 
as long as I can do it for a lot of laps in a row and not get tired, I feel like I have a lot of just, yeah, speed in the tank. And that's why I think even qualifying this year, a lot of that speed comes from just being able to move the bike around. And obviously it takes a lot of energy, but that's, uh, that's why we trained for three months in the off season to get ready. And I, uh, like I said, I, I think this year in Supercross, I felt the most confident I've been in um, going into this outdoor series. If I can build off what I had last year and Eli taught me more than I could have even hoped to learn last year just by raising him. And I was saying, I think maybe in the press conference this weekend, you learn a lot about somebody when you're racing them, even though there's no no talking involved. He He taught me so much last year, just how to not obviously didn't win, but how to be a champion and what it takes to, to get to there. So it's uh, definitely cool. And yeah, we have a lot of stiff competition and I think that's what makes it exciting. You don't want to go out there and be riding around. Obviously you want to win uh, a lot and like RC win, win a perfect season, but it's, it's all about the competition and being challenged every weekend. You know, it's uh, for, for all of our viewers and, and, and listeners here on title 24, I want everyone to listen to what Chase just said about, you know, learning from your competitors. Um, you know, I, Kevin Wyndham, I learned so much from him in 1997. Like, I mean, he was putting it to me and I'm out here just like, ratting on that ragged edge and he's just so precise and perfect and it was frustrating but i wouldn't have learned that at the practice track right and then and then let's see here 99 and 2000 like racing with mc and, and even some of my teammates back in the day you learn so much it's 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 stuff that you can't learn so the people like i'm so glad you said that because the young kids listening to this podcast and, and or watching it that is so important. So when you're at those amateur races, learn, right? And that leads me to, to my question. So for Pro Motocross Championship this year, do you think everything you learned from Eli last year in that championship, which was incredible, you did fantastic. Um, do you think you learned more then, or do you think you learned more in the Supercross Championship this year that's going to help you going in the Pro Motocross Championship? And it's it's tough. I think I learned more from him in the outdoors just because, I don't know, I feel like outdoor races are so long and 30 minutes, you do it twice. So just, I feel like how to be consistent and how to put yourself in the right positions last year was what I kind of took from him. And this year, it was more me battling myself, honestly. I don't think, like I said, I think the only person – that could beat me minus a few races like Daytona Eli was just really gnarly. I think the only person that could beat me was myself. So that was honestly, I think harder for me because I didn't know what to do. And there was nobody really that could tell me what the exact problem was. And I had to figure it out myself. So it's kind of like when you're in in school, if you had to teach yourself anything, it'd be a lot harder um, than learning it from a teacher. And last year I feel like Eli definitely was the one kind of teaching me things and, learning like I said how to how to race for a championship and this year I really had to battle myself and kind of teach myself some things and yeah get like I said get through that mental block I had and that was the biggest struggle for me I I would agree I think this year I mean yes last year you learned a lot from Eli and outdoors this year you had to grow amongst yourself like there was nothing it wasn't that uh, you were learning from these guys you had to overcome something 
um, and learn from yourself and learn from your mistakes, which I think is probably, I would say, harder than learning and watching from Eli or learning and watching any other rider is mentally and physically dealing with yourself and growing as a rider. Um, I think that's harder. So I think this year, um, if, if I had to uh, say which one was a, a better learning year, I would say this this year, this Supercross season, it was uh, was a huge, huge uh, step for you. Yeah, it's like I said, it's hard to it's hard to teach yourself things without having like a a key or like a guide to how to get there. And I, I'll straight up say I didn't know what, like I said, what was going on. So I had to kind of readjust and try different things. And obviously, it worked out for the better. And like I said, I want to keep learning. And there's always going to be lessons every year. And that's my goal is just to get better and better. And this year, coming into Supercross, obviously the goal was to win a championship, but my main goal was to progress from last year and um, win more races. I only won one, one race last year. So one to six race wins is uh, a big gap. And if I can keep that uh, trajectory, we'll be, we'll be in a good spot for uh, next year. Yeah, that's a, it's a hard thing to do. And that's what I'm so proud of you, to, to watch you progress and grow and turn it around, figure out what uh, – what, what you were doing and how you needed to be better. Not a lot of people can do that. So you need to be proud of yourself, dude. Be proud of yourself. Enjoy these moments. You know how hard they are. And uh, it's, it's incredible. Never let, uh, your, your, your champion, never let anyone take anything away from your championship, dude. You earned it. You turned it around. Um, not many people can do that or have done it. And um, it's, it's well-deserved. So, uh, you know, we'd like to... Uh, yeah, just congratulations on that, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I feel like all those uh, those gifts I was handing out at the beginning of the year, I got I got those back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously did. counted, but I definitely gave gave a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of gifts. You pretty quite, dude. You gave yeah, our stats guy Clinton Fowler from Fowler's Facts. Yeah, you mean you gave thirty five away, but the but your last. Yeah, I think I want to say it's seven races, dude. Were absolutely incredible. You never lost a position, and you 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 earned the most points. And that is just that's a testament to uh, your mental capabilities and what you're able to do, and recognizing where you need to be better. And and only the best can do that. So, congratulations, my man. And and of course, uh, Ryan and I thank you for coming on Title Twenty Four. Uh, oh, yeah. Very special. Uh, congratulations on your first of what I'm sure will be many uh, premier Supercross championships. Uh, you're rightfully deserved by it, my man. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yep. No, enjoy it, buddy. Enjoy it. it uh, they don't come that easy, and you know now. So I think these guys are in trouble for next year. That's right. Yeah. Like I said, it makes me um, even more motivated to win win next year and obviously outdoors. It's, it's a never it's a never ending process. Now it's right. I have to outdoor test tomorrow <laughs> and uh yeah, it's, it's it's on to the next thing so i'm looking that's forward right. to it though that's right well good luck in the pro motocross championship uh again chase and uh congrats on your supercross championship as well deserved my friend thanks guys i appreciate it all right well that was uh that was awesome to have chase on yeah. so just want to say thank you to chase um, yes. for coming on and the insight, you know, the thing that the, all the things that he had to deal with mentally, physically, you know, started off a rough, a rough go. Um, we knew we all had the speed, right. He was always there, but, uh, having yeah. him on the show, 
getting him to really open up, um, you know, was awesome to, to, to hear that. So congratulations to him again. And, uh, you know, I think we're in for a great outdoor season coming up. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think RV and, you know, like, like great champions, all those things that he learned last year in the motocross championship. Like I loved how he was telling us how much he learned from Eli last year for motocross championship. That's awesome. And then going through what he learned on the mental side, like you were saying, you think that that is more pivotal than what he learned from Eli last year. I could totally agree because he's got the speed and I think he's got the race craft. A hundred percent. You know, I think that was probably, I would say for sure as a rider, the, the hardest thing to, to, to overcome is what is the problem? You don't really know what the problem is. And, and like the, just little mistakes, you know, Seattle just pushing the front over the bars really quick, obviously just fell over essentially. Um, those were big things to overcome because you don't really have an answer for it. Right. So, um, it was great to, great to hear his insight on that, you know, that that was, and I got told him straight up, right? Like I said, that, I feel like that was your biggest learning year over learning from even Eli. Those are all great things to learn from, from racers and last year's outdoors, but, but to really dig deep and try to figure out what is the problem with you. And he was able to do that. And he was the most consistent um, guy out there was there every single weekend and put himself in a position to, to wrap this thing up last night. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 it was so cool to see him see him do that, and that leads us into our uh, our our next our next segment, not even segment, but uh, a nice segue, I should say, into the quad lock question of the week, and it comes from uh, Jim underscore uh, Jobling. He says, "What is the biggest asset to have going into the outdoors? Is it momentum, bike, health? What would you value?" And Jim, uh, we appreciate you uh, being a loyal listener to Title Twenty Four. Um, so you win the uh, quad lock question of the week. That was perfect. Uh, once when we knew that we were going to have chase on and, and you just segue this question segued in perfect to, to his combo. Uh, from my point of view, I think, I think you need all of that, right? I, you, you need, you need the health, you need the speed, you need the bike to win those championships. Now he is, he is the guy. And I feel like with his confidence that he has gained and you guys just heard from him. I think that's really going to help him have a leg up on the guys going into this pro motocross championship. So I look for him to be the guy. Um, he almost won it last year and you, you just have to give credit where it's due. And he is the guy to beat. He is the face of the 450 class, despite how, how well you think Jet Lawrence is going to do. And I'm sure he's going to do well, probably going to have some growing pains, but you know, Chase has earned that right to, to have the, the respect and be the marquee guy in the 450 class. Right. Right. RV. I agree. Like, uh, like Chase just said, he goes, he always felt like he was, could, could, could be a better 450 rider than a, than a lights class rider. Um, you know, but he also said, he goes, man, it was a lot harder than I was expecting. So, um, you know, getting the last three of the four wins, uh, wrapping up the championship, coming in with good health, um, I mean, talking to him and, and, and you could see a big weight, I think lifted off his shoulders. Like he was obviously a championship for sure. But I think more was probably more is just that he was able to, to figure himself out. And now he's, he's kind of like on this, a different stride now compared to what he was coming into Supercross. Like now I just feel like he believes in himself more. Um, you know, I, I, I just feel, a, I see a, a more mature, chase than than we did at anaheim one by by a long ways so oh, i think yeah. he's gonna be 
He's going to be, I know Jet's going to be fast. And, but like to your point of growing pains, like the 450 is no joke. And it's not necessarily that Jet's not, that he can't ride the bike. We've seen it at Motocross the Nations. He's going to be phenomenal on, on the motorcycle. But, uh, you know, 24 motos, um, you know, it's a long series. It, it, th those are things that where, you go, where we're going to see the growing pains. So right. I think Chase has the upper hand because he's already been in there. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of learning from from Jet coming in, and maybe he's gonna take that same same stance as I'm gonna I'm gonna try to win as many races as I can, be there every weekend, but I also have to learn from these these guys that have already been in the class for so many years. Right, right. Well, thanks for the question, Jim, and uh, you know you know what to do. Uh, go into our uh, DM on Title Twenty Four, and uh, we will get you pointed in the right direction to the to our great folks at uh, quadlock so thank you for that and and for all the questions we've just been getting absolutely hammered with them we love it G great to see the fan reaction have you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a creole princess or get goofy officially when we come through it's true magic because we came to play at walt disney world resort Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, um, we want to uh, remind everyone about our promo code TITLE24. You can use it uh, on all of our partners' um, websites. It's 10% uh, off site-wide TITLE24. Make sure you get it on the United Motorsports uh, unitedmotorsports.com so check them out uh, they got a whole bunch of stuff that uh, you can get on there and if you're in the Kentucky Ohio area there's six locations here you can go in the shop uh, Boxo USA it's boxousa.com again uh, promo code title 24 gets you 10% of 10% off and then of course quadlock case quadlockcase.com uh, make sure you uh, check those out You weren't at the race. What do you think? Uh, what would you say outside of Chase's championship, uh, the showdown, Ken Roxon? What do you think about the showdown? Were you is that how you thought it would go? What What do you think? Uh, you know, I think it was. Uh, we had some weather that blew in. You know, that I didn't didn't kind of obviously wasn't there, but I wasn't expecting that. And all of a sudden, come out and decent. You know, good practice. Track was good. Um, all of a sudden, heat races were were definitely pretty slippery. Um, and then it cleaned up for the main, but definitely track broke down, got ruddy. Um, you know, I think, uh, Hayden Deegan rode really well. Uh, I thought we, I thought Hunter, um, a little bit of a question mark there, you know, watching him. I, I not that I thought he was going to do better, but, uh, I, I obviously I thought he was going to do better. Um, but struggled a little bit, but with a bad start like that, probably just being, being, yeah, I got hung up here with, uh, with Enzo Lopes, but, uh, 
you know, I think being that it's the last race, you don't put yourself in the greatest position right off the bat. I think it's damage control at that point for, for somebody like Hunter coming into outdoors. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay clean out there. So um, he's not going to make anything happen. When we had Jet on the show, um, you know, uh, a week ago or so, he, he Dazzy is, is the father of those two. And he, he's like, Hey, you, you don't make something happen out of nothing. He goes, you got to be smart. And that was probably one of those situations. He goes, had the race had to come to him and kind of wherever he was going to finish was, he was going to, where it was, where he was going to finish, obviously push forward, but he's not going to try to make something out of nothing. Um, because the bigger picture is, is get through this weekend or that last weekend and, and, uh, now focus on outdoors. Yeah, I, I, for sure. He, he went into uh, he went into con, uh, conservative mode mm. for sure. Big picture, you know, he's got a big championship. He hasn't won that pro motocross championship. Of course, of course, he's the uh, of course he's one of the favorite. But one thing, I don't know if you got to watch all of the the heat races, but I wanna I wanna make one mention of of Hayden Deegan and just how good he looked in that heat race. Like he he's been great all year. I think he's overcome. I think he's overcome a, a lot of, I think he's overcome a lot. I think he's answered the bell a lot. He's grown a lot, but this was the best that I've seen him look. And the reason that I say that, like he didn't look like he was on the edge. He looked comfortable and you could just see the growth had finally, it, it started to like really click for him. In my opinion, he didn't look like a rookie uh, in that heat race. I agree. Um, did watch, I did get to watch the heat race of him and he rode super yeah. solid, super smooth on a pretty right. technical track. Yeah. Um, I, I think next year he's going to be one of those guys that, uh, is going to be in that really in that championship hunt. Um, just the way he's riding, you know, he's, he, uh, every time he's on the track, he's, he's leaving everything out on the track. And I think as a rookie, that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to also be smart. You can't be laying on the ground, um, and, and, but he's not, like I said, he's being smart, but he's leaving it all out there. He's, he's testing those limits. And as, as you're, as a rookie, as rookie season, those are the things you have to do to, to get, to come back next year and know kind of where those limits are to put yourself yeah. to be in the spot to win a championship, win races and win a championship. You have to know where those limits are. And, yeah. uh, I think he's doing that. And I think he really, uh, he started, or it really started to click. Like you said, like he, he didn't look like a rookie in, uh, right. in the main event. Dude, he just looks. Dude, he looks so rock solid. Even in, and I know the track was good, but he like even in the whoops and like he didn't look twitchy. He was flowing good. I don't know, man. I I thought, I'm like, dude, I was bummed actually, RV, when it started raining, because I wanted. I'm like, he could have a really good chance to win this thing, and it would have been epic to watch him battle for the lead. You know, it would have been for it. I'm like, oh man, but that's right. Well, Mother Nature, baby. That's right. That's right. It's supposed to be good. I was watching the weather beforehand and it's like, oh, it's going to be good this week, you know, like, and then of course the day of the race and clouds are building up. But uh, as far as um, kind of shifting gears here, uh, go to the 450 and great opportunity for some dudes to get some personal bests. Uh, guys like Justin Starling, he's, he's, he's pointed his way into the SMX uh, uh, world championship rounds later on in September. So that'll be fun to watch that. Great job for some of those guys. Of course, Justin Hill. I know, awesome. And what do you think of that? I mean, you know, it's a crazy story. We'll have to probably get him on the show uh, yes. sooner than later, you know, like riding for team Tedder, number one, obviously we know um, it's not a factory team. 
Um, you know, so they, they have their own set of struggles and hurdles they have to, they have to, to, to overcome. But as you know, his story in general, racing, winning the lights championship, uh, deciding to retire, I guess, and then became a cop and coming back. Mm -hmm. And now he's right. And now he's on the, you know, throwing it up in the top five, I, I believe a podium, right. Um, yeah. Uh, on the podium. So it's, it's a pretty crazy story that I grew up about three hours North of them. So, um, like I said, I think we're going to have to, I think we're going to have to get him on the show to, to ask these, ask those questions of like, dude, what, what, you know, yeah. what were you, what, what, what were you thinking? You decided to hang it up, come back. Um, I know he's, I know Justin's a very talented writer. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, were you, were, were you ever teammates with them at all? At all? Like I was never teammates with either of them. Um, Justin or jo uh, Josh older, older brother. Uh, mm -hmm. we raced, um, lights bikes together along with 450. But uh, never, never Justin. But man, it's it's a pretty crazy story to to see. I'd like to get him. Like I said, I'd like to get him on the show to to yeah. and pick up some questions and see what uh, what that what he's got to say about that because it's it's, it's, a, it's awesome to yeah. see, man. It's really cool. I, to dude, see. I, I'm just thinking about like even before the field like got light. I mean, he was doing good. He was I coming mean, on. He was coming yeah. on. Like and uh, you know, I think uh, interesting to see what happens, right? Like I said, he's a team tetter, but I'm thinking, okay, yeah. if I'm, if I'm factory Honda and I have a, I have an A guy already, or if I'm any one of these manufacturers that have an A guy already, but need a B guy, call it a B guy, a guy that's a top five guy. He's got to be one of your guys that's on the list. Um, right. Outdoors is always going to be the question, right? Like that's where I, I, I feel like they, Josh and Justin have struggled in the past as the outdoors. Yeah. Um, but man, if he can, if he, I don't know if he plans on racing outdoors or not, but, uh, it's, it was a hell of a season for him. Yeah. I mean, dude, Hey, and did you ever get to, here you go watching some, uh, watching Je that, that's Josh. That's Josh. Josh yep. Got his hands up and he's giving his brother, congratulating his brother on his, uh, first premier class podium finish. So that was good. He was able to pass AC to do that. He was haunting him, haunting him and boom, got him was able to uh to make the pass so that was cool especially like you said for the team that team tedder uh mountain motorsports monster energy ktm and and he he his bike looked really good like i was watching it in the corners in the whoops that thing looked really really stable so if you guys uh tuning into this podcast or you're watching it go back and watch some of uh some of justin when when we were following him on the broadcast his his stuff looked pretty sporty dude yeah, stock and AC and was able to make the move, you know, that's not an easy, that's not an easy thing to do, you know, so, um, you know, have to give those guys praise because I know the, the, the budget's probably this big, the ones yeah. that are watching, I'm showing it's a micro compared to these factory riders. So, um, they're doing a hell of a job. Like I said before, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, Kenny, I mean, the hits keep coming. Uh, this is going to be, this is going to, this sucks. So, he he says he thinks he hyperextended it. I don't know, but nevertheless, it's easy to do, right? Like, wait, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, we got that right here. The dab with the knee, you know. Um, there you go. Right, watch it right there. Boom. Yeah. So yeah, he says he hyperextended it. So obviously now um, protocol would be to go get uh, MRI, see if there's anything damaged um uh to see you know you could tell right here he's like dude it's uh it's not feeling good you go back regroup figure it out but uh you know it's, it's you know injuries are part of the sport i know there's lots of questions what can we do to fix this what can we how do we fix this you know all these things and and um you know it's it 
Look, I've been in that same position. Seattle Supercross dabbed my knee, popped it out. ACL, you know, Tuesday getting oh. surgery. So it just part, kind of par for the course, you know. Here you go. This is you. Yeah, right there. Uh, that was Jake there, actually. Oh, right oh, here. There, there it is, go. right there. There we go. There's the replay. Yeah. So, so what right happened there. there? So came in underneath, didn't get the greatest of starts and started, came on up underneath a Davy. And inside, uh, you can see all the tractor marks for the ones that are watching Bobcat marks. And I came in too hot and I got on the brakes too aggressive, front brake too aggressively and, yeah. and really grabbed it. And, uh, the front end knifed on me. And the first thing to go out was my leg. And when you're, when your knee is bent in that, at that angle a little bit, that's like the weakest part for your ACL or, or ligaments when it's, it's when it's bent like that. And I know mm -hmm. we all wear knee braces and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm still always going to choose to wear knee brace over knee pads. Um, just cause yeah, I feel, more, more, I feel more safe. I can squeeze the motorcycle harder, but, uh, I do think knee braces help. Um, but they're not the end all be all right. So yeah, dude, um, you're not hundred percent. Hey, yeah. I blew both of my ACLs out and I wore knee braces. You did yours. You wore knee braces. I was talking to Stu this weekend. I'm like, you, you wore knee braces, right? Like you blew yours yep. out. He's like, yeah. So it's like, when I see people going back to last week and people kind of, you know, getting after Alpine star and looking, just breaking down, you know, Eli's boot and blah, blah, mm. blah. And like, listen, dude, this, this stuff, it, it's preventative, but it's not a hundred percent going to save you from every scenario. I mean, we, we, yeah, you try to wear the things that you can wear that, uh, that, that still make you fast, right? Like I'm sure we could wrap ourselves in bubble wrap, but we're not going to be able to ride the motorcycle. Right. So, and like I said before, when, when we, when we showed the replay of Eli, um, so you could pull up every replay through practice, uh, up at heat races, I guarantee you he overshot that by a little bit and did that same thing. And it just happened to happen that one yeah. time. Right. So, um, they're preventative. It's, it's not the end all be all. Right. It's like, okay. Ah, it's just crazy. <laughs> and then like, you know, that was a slow section for Kenny this weekend. And it just, dude, those kind of conditions, as you know, it's slippery and it's, just, it's motorcycle racing, you know, I'm not, yep. I don't even, I don't even want to get into, Ah, uh, there's too many races and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's just all that stuff. So subjective. You, you talk to someone, they're going to have a different opinion. And mm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't think we have enough time for that. Maybe we can. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Our, our, our races, our, our series, our, our promoters, um, they're doing the best job that they can do. They're putting, they're, they're putting up a great platform for us to be able to go out and win championships, uh, make a living at racing a dirt bike. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just like bull riding what uh, you go, go ride a bull. How many times are those guys injured that the bull steps on them or they fly off and they're knocked out or this or that it's, it's the yeah. sport we've chose. Um, and we all know that, right? So, um, and it is what it is. Yeah. It's got some more replays Ooh. of the last couple of weeks. We're watching Coop go down. I mean, you know, we're watching Anderson go down. Oh, whoops. Yeah. We're in, in the whoops. And then we have Justin Barsha. So it was a, it was a, brutal and the other thing too, right, right. Ricky is how many of these are mistakes from the rider? Like, I don't think Eli's was a mistake. Um, that was no. just something, but like Justin, for example, hit that dragon's back uh, a ton of times and clearly must've hit it a bit low or lost traction. Um, those are things that, that potentially could have been avoided on his side. I'm not saying that he made the mistake, but a lot of this stuff is, uh, is rider error, rider error. Like even coop coming out, Eli came underneath of him, pushed coop wide at that point. Coop probably should have stood it up, but he kind of tried to stay in it, ran out of track. 
and ended up on the ground. And then AC was right behind him. Right. So these, a lot of this stuff is, I think also rider error, you know, and uh, to the they, minuscule errors, right. People minuscule. It's not like he made a huge mistake. Right. So yeah, all it takes, I do, I do think the speeds are fast. That's mm, my They are. Yeah. We've, we talked about that. The speeds are, the speeds are fast, you know, and like people are throwing shade at, uh, at our promoter, but listen, dude, the promoter doesn't make the motorcycles, right? That's the right. That's right. The motorcycles, the, the manufacturers nope. do. So you can't blame one person for, for everything. And, and to your point, promoters are doing the best that they can. Um, obviously they don't, safety is their first concern. So anyhow. And yeah. uh, back to, you know, rider air, we have a clip of AP smashing the camera. Um, yeah. After the whoops here, comes into the whoops. I, it looks like he misses one, and the last one misses. I don't know if he. I don't know how. I don't know if he missed the rear brake. Also, he, did. he said he missed the rear brake. Okay, I'm trying not to laugh, but it's just yeah. like, oh, talk, you know, riding a bull. Talk about he's got the he's got yeah. the look of of a cowboy. He puts the persona on as a cowboy, and he was riding that bull into the into the TV camera yeah. there. The robo cam, he, he did it. He, he went right into there. So yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's, a, well, that's a bummer. Bummer yeah, for him. And then you know, uh, last, Hey, last thing. Did you watch the futures race? I did. <laughs> I did watch the futures race. I did. It was a good battle there for the first lap. <laughs> Those guys are going for it. So watching a, a replay, uh, that's Bo Mare and then Daxon Bennett. Bennett gets after him in that corner after the whoops. And then the next corner right here, Ryan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, you know, after coming into that turn, I, in my opinion, I mean, I think you agree that Dax yeah. was, was going down and then Juju had to get on the brakes really hard too, but it just shows you that these guys are the, the, they're, they're full of piss and vinegar. You know, they're, they're out there, you know, trying to put these things, look how slippery it is too. Dax yeah, is trying to climb slippery. back up the berm. So that's one of those things that, that, uh, that, um, as a rookie, right. As, as, you know, riding as hard as they were pushing the tires and on that condition, right? Like, I don't think you would, in a year's time, you wouldn't see them doing that or pushing that hard because it came out, it was a bit slippery and they were just, they were came out of the gate hot and um, probably overlooked the amount of traction that was out there. And uh, Dax came in after he made that pass and, and started washing the front. And then Juju was right there too and had to grab brakes and they both went down. Yeah. But like, to your point, um, that's, what's great that I think is great for the futures they'll know like next year when they're in that position, they're like, okay, the track's a little wet. Let me just take my time here. I don't need to pass this dude or try to win the race on the first lap. And those are the learning lessons. And that is kind of the intent of the futures and that program. So the development program. So I, I, I think it's awesome. Hey, great job to uh, Casey Cochran. It's been strong mm. all year long and I want to give him props to, he's made some great progress throughout the season. I go back to that first futures and uh, he did well, but his riding has has progressed uh, tremendously since then. So uh, this was this was earned. You were the right place, and uh, you took advantage of uh, of, of Bo Mare and, and Bennett going for it, losing their minds on the first lap. <laughs> That's right. No, he he definitely rode well. Um, uh, hasn't been the fastest, but also uh, to win races, you don't have to be the fastest, right? You have to be put yourself in good positions. Um, and he was right there. Those dudes went down and he was able to capitalize on it. It's been a, uh, it's been a good one. It's been, it's been fun covering this with uh, supercross season RV. It's uh, the last three weeks. I'm still kind of, my, my mind is blown of, of what we've watched. 
Uh, totally. You know, I think this, I, I, I have to say, this is probably one of my favorite um, episodes. Um, the interview with Chase was, was really cool to, to, to see, to hear the struggles, to see the struggles um, and have him open up about it. Like I said, I still think that the, his, this is one of the biggest growing years for him as, as a racer, being able to overcome those, those mistakes. So I think this is, I'm going to go and say that as, as of right now, this so far, this has been my favorite uh, episode to, to hear what Chase had to say, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to keep doing this. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, pro motocross championships just around the corner. So uh, we're going to have some stuff to talk about. Everyone keep, uh, keep sending in your questions. We'll get to them as much as possible. And uh, it's an off weekend. We have all your uh, motocross questions for season preview, uh, preview next week. So make sure you tune in to Title 24. Um, remember, please subscribe wherever you download your podcasts at. We appreciate you. And uh, you can also watch us on Motorsports on NBC YouTube page or NBC.com. And, of course, uh, on Peacock. It is, um, it's on demand on Peacock, so you can go back and rewatch or, or, or what have you. And, and remember to, uh, to like comment send us those questions and yeah so that's it for uh that's it for this week rv and we'll uh heck we'll do it again next week right that's right that's a wrap on uh that's a wrap on supercross so i think it was a great season i was stoked to, to be able to be a part of it um the little that i am and uh, be able to call it here on uh, uh you know the not call it but uh, talk about it and analyze it through uh title 24 this has been uh been been awesome for for myself to work with you and all the guys over yep. at uh, at uh, NBC and Feld. So uh, thank you guys. Yep, yep, we appreciate it, and we will see you guys next week. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.